You may be seated. Thank you, Steve and Anita. I appreciate you all adjusting, and uh, we definitely want to keep Floyd in our prayers. He texted me this morning. He's feeling better, and he's just out of precaution, obviously. He's not here this morning, so let's keep him in our prayers and others that are not feeling well uh, during this, uh, this week. But um, this morning, I'm going to begin a, a four-week uh, sermon series entitled Vision. As we think about this year, and we think about uh, what God may do in our midst, And the purpose of this series is just help us as a church to gain clarity for what God has for us in this new year. And I want to begin by sharing an encouraging word uh, from God uh, from the book of Haggai. If you want to begin your search for that now, then I want to talk about just where we are as a church and our current reality. And then finally, I want to end with just how I would like us to move forward uh, from here on out. So let's begin by looking at God's word. You know, during uh, my daily Bible readings in December, and some of you may have experienced this too, I came across a passage that really encouraged me as I was thinking about how, as a church, we can move into the new year. And uh, the passage is found in Haggai chapter 2. And so as you turn there, just let me give you some context for the passage, and then I'll read what it says. You know, Haggai was a prophet of the Lord. Uh, which means that he was chosen by God to deliver a message to the people of God. And after the people of God were in exile, they were taken out of the land because of their disobedience. And they were in exile for a number of years. And when we pick up in, in the book of Haggai, the people have returned to Jerusalem, to the land. And God has um, charged them to rebuild the temple. So Cyrus, the king of Persia, has allowed them to return They have returned. They began to resettle in Jerusalem. And God has told them now, I want you to rebuild the temple, which had been destroyed uh, when the Babylonians came in and destroyed Jerusalem and took them into captivity. So uh, the message in the book of Haggai in chapter one, you know, God tells the people that I want you to rebuild the temple. Uh, They begin construction, but then they face some delay and some some opposition and some issues, even within their own ranks. And so construction kind of comes to a halt. And so God spoke to them in this period of transition from the old to the new. And he spoke to them through the prophet Haggai to encourage them to move forward by faith. And that's where we'll pick up in Haggai chapter 2, verse 1. And this is what God said to them. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah. And to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people and say, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts. Yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. 
The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, for the people in Haggai's day, uh, yesterday's temple uh, was destroyed. Uh, Like I said, it was destroyed in the exile. It was gone. And God wanted them to build this new temple, a second temple, a different temple. Uh, But the people were having a hard time moving forward. They were having a hard time transitioning from what they once were to what God wanted them to do in this period of time. You know, there were some among them that were paralyzed by the realization that this new thing that God was doing, this new temple, was going to be different than the old temple. And that paralyzed them from moving forward. That even discouraged them. And so uh, look at the questions God asked the people in verse 3. He says, you know, who left among you saw this house in its former glory? So there were some that had seen Solomon's temple, the great temple built by Solomon. And then he says, well, how do you see it now? You know, they had begun construction on this temple, and it was very evident that this temple was not going to be the same as it was. It's going to be different. And so the people that were familiar with the old temple, and they were seeing this new temple being constructed, God asked them the question, you know, how do you see it now? And then he asked this question, is it, as, is it not as nothing in your eyes? In other words, there were some people, and we read in in the book of Ezra that this was, in fact, true. Even when they dedicated the temple, there were people uh, celebrating the new temple. And there were some people crying because it just wasn't like it was. And so there was a mixture of sorrow and celebration mixed together. So there are some people that were having a hard time moving forward in what God was telling them to do because of their memory of the past. And obviously the past has an important part in our formation as a people. But we don't want it to paralyze us from moving forward by faith. And that was what was happening uh, among the people in Haggai's day. Those who remembered that former temple had a hard time getting excited about this new work. And so God spoke to them through the prophet Haggai and he shared with them a few truths. He reminded them of a few truths. uh, And he said this, he says, uh, I am with you. Your God reminds the people that he is with them. Yes, it's going to be different. But he is with them. And then he reminds them this as well. He says, uh, I am faithful to the covenant. Your God is faithful to his promises that he has made to us. He is faithful to his relationship with us. And that's what he shared with the people in Haggai's day, that he is with them. He is in their midst. Yes, it's going to be different. Yes, it's not going to be like it was. But God is at work. And not only does he say that, but he actually says, you know, I know it's different. I know this temple is even not as nice as the other one, but believe it or not, God tells them what I'm going to do in the future is going to be greater than what I did in the past. You know, all this is building up to something. And so the people were called to trust God. So they were, they were facing this period of transition. They were facing challenges. But God tells them this truth, and we see this truth from this passage, that with God, if God is with us, then the challenges we face become opportunities. They become opportunities to trust God to do something new within us and through us. 
And that's what we see in this passage. And I'm so encouraged by that as I think about moving into the new year. This year is not going to be like it was last year or the year before or the year before that. This is a new year and God is going to do something new in our hearts, in our lives, in our church, in our community. And we want to trust him with that, even though we may face challenges in moving forward. If God is with us, then challenges become opportunities to trust the Lord. And so like Haggai's, the people in Haggai's day, uh, you know, we are in a position of transition as well. Uh, Not only from one year to another, but we're always transitioning from the church we were to the church God wants us to be. At least we should be, right? We should be open to change and growth and becoming who God wants us to be. Uh, In Haggai's day, you know, they had to guard against allowing the memories of the past, how it was, to keep them from moving forward. You know, these memories were paralyzing them. Instead of being thankful for what God had done in the past and realizing he was doing something new and moving forward by faith, some of them were allowing the memories of the past. They were almost trying to recreate the past which was keeping them from moving forward and embracing what God had for them. You know, anytime there's change, and we know this to be true in our own lives, uh, as a church, among the people of God, anytime there's there's change, there's a danger of trying to recreate the past or go back to the past rather than moving forward and trust God for what he wants to do. And so as we consider just where we are as a church yeah, I want us to be thankful for what God has done, like Steve was saying. Even in spite of our failures, in spite of our best efforts, I want us to be thankful for, for what God has done. But I also want us to move forward by faith, trusting God to do what he wants to do in our midst. And so the encouraging truth I wanted to share from this passage in Haggai is, if God is with us, the challenges we face become opportunities. Opportunities to trust him to work. And so let me just share with you what I believe our challenge is, which actually is going to be an opportunity if God is with us to trust him for what he wants to do in our midst. You know, the challenge for the the people in Haggai's day was transitioning back to Jerusalem and building the second temple. That's where they were. That was their challenge. You know, for us as a church, it's emerging from this pandemic and reaching the next generation with the gospel. I mean, that's our challenge. Emerging from the pandemic, reaching the next generation with the gospel. That is our challenge. Now, to figure out how we're going to move into that challenge and move forward from this place, we need to consider where we are. So we kind of take stock of where we are, look at our current reality as a church. So where are we as a church? Our current reality as a church includes both signs of growth as well as some challenging signs and some concerning signs that I want to share with you. First, let me share just the signs of growth that I see in you. You know, I see spiritual growth in you. You know, when I when I gather here or Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings in our small group Bible studies, I see spiritual growth in you as members of the Hill Baptist Church Um, And I believe that you are not only growing in your knowledge of the Lord, but your love for the Lord. I believe you're growing in your involvement in the mission of God and what he's doing in our city. I mean, I'm encouraged by your willingness to serve in that way. When when we gather together, I think it's very evident that you love one another. 
I mean, you actually like to be together, which is a good thing. <laughs> which, you know, over Christmas, that may or may not have been true of your family. I don't know. But when you gather together here, I really sense a spirit of, of love, of brotherhood, family. And that, that is something that you cannot manufacture on your own. You know, this is something that God is doing in our midst. And I'm very thankful for that. Uh, and not only do you love one another, but you love people that come. If, even if it's their first time, I see you welcoming people, loving people, embracing people, no matter who they are, where they come from, what background they have. You all do a great job at just loving people the way God loves people. Uh, you believe God's word is the Bible. Uh, it, it is the word of God. You believe that Christ is God's only way of salvation for mankind. I mean, you are, you are doctrinally solid. Uh, you give generously of your time, of your talents, you know, how God has gifted you. you you've been generous in your service, uh, your treasure. You've been generous in your giving. Um, and I've been encouraged by that. And like I said, you can't just manufacture those signs of growth. And that's evidence of the Spirit's work in your life. And I'm very encouraged by that. And I hope you're encouraged by that too. So I'm very encouraged by that, those signs of growth. And I believe those signs of growth will just continue to increase. So I'm very encouraged by that. So with that, let me, let me just share with a, a few um, challenges, though, I see, too. You know, I'm reminded of um, our car. You know, we have a car. It's about seven or eight years old now. And um, it started sputtering. And I'm like, oh, man, what is it? Maybe it's the spark plugs and spark plug wires. So we have the service done. Uh, it's got new tires on it. So several things about our car is going well. I mean, new tires. I had the brakes done not too long ago. I've done the services on it. So several things are going well. The old changes and the old's good. So there's several things that are going well, but there was this little sputtering. And I'm like, what is it? Is it the transmission? You know. Well, it turned out to be the torque converter, which is... It does lead into the transmission, uh, and it's not, you don't want that to happen to your car, let me just say that, but if it, it, you know, it's just one of those things. So overall, the car, almost every part of the car was working fine, but there was this one, it just kind of a noticeable skipping, and so we needed to address that, and we did, and, uh, and now it, it runs real smooth. It's similar to the church. You know, we have several signs that things are going well. There are signs of growth. These are going, these things are going well, going great. These signs are healthy. But there are a few little places I think we're skipping, uh, a few challenges. But remember, you're with God, these challenges can become opportunities. But let me just share with you those challenges, those little areas I think that we're kind of skipping. Um, the two indicators that I think are concerning to me are uh, attend, worship attendance and giving. And let me tell you why. Those aren't the only signs of health, by the way, that I'm looking at. I've listed several others already. But those two are concerning to me. And let me tell you why. Worship attendance uh, tells us this. It gives us an idea of how well we're doing in reaching our community. You know, the idea is that if we're, if we're doing, if we're effective in reaching our community, then we would see new people come and worship with us, Right? So that's kind of the, the, the vital sign I'm looking at. Like if we are, we are being effective in reaching our community, then we're seeing people come and worship with us. We're seeing people come to faith in Christ. We're seeing people baptized. So that is a sign that we're looking at. Okay, are we, are we 
effective in the mission God's called us to. Um, and I look at that and I say, you know, that's, that is a concern for me. Because I don't think we are being as effective as perhaps we could be. And so that's one area. The other area is giving. Giving, there's two ways that this points to a vital sign. One is individually, you know, as we become more generous, that's a sign of spiritual growth. You know, God is generous. We imitate God by being generous. And so the more generous we become, the more we are like God. And that's a good thing. And so I said earlier, one encouraging sign that I see is that you are becoming more generous, which is encouraging. Um, However, collectively, as a church, our giving is down than it was before in years past. So that concerns me because uh, it's not all about money, but money does help us fund staffing and the facilities and mission objectives we want to do in the city and things like that. So that is that's concerning to me as well. That's a little bit of a, a skip that's going on now. I say we're down. What I'm doing is I'm comparing where we are now to where we were right before COVID. Pre-pandemic, you know. Pre-pandemic versus now. So that's the old, this is the new. And the good thing is we've had one whole year, 2022, uh, with no COVID restrictions. And so it's given us a great idea. Okay, this is where we are as a church. This is the normal. This is truly who we are, who's involved This is where we are with our giving, our our, our service, our attendance, all those areas. This is where we are as a church. So when we look back to 2019 pre-pandemic and we look at today, what we see is we're about 20% down in our attendance and giving. Which is actually not abnormal for churches across the country. Um, Most churches across the country have experienced that type of decline after covid However, for a church our size, that's pretty significant, right? And so uh, I look at that and I think, okay, well, that's a challenge. That has presented us with a challenge. Um, But like I said, with God, uh, challenges become opportunities as well. Let me illustrate it like this. Uh, I've shared this before with some of you, but if you think of the life cycle of a church, the health of a church, like three colors. You have green, you have yellow, and you have red. Okay, the color green represents growth. Uh, Individual church members are growing. Uh, The number of people coming to worship is growing. The gospel outreach in our community is expanding and growing. So green is growth. Everything seems to be growing. Most areas, most of the vital signs you see are growing green. Yellow is a mixture of there's some growth and some decline. So you have a little bit of both. Red, you have most areas are in decline, okay? And so I would say before the pandemic, as a church, we were in the yellow. You know, there were some areas of growth, but there were some areas that, you know, were in decline as well. Well, now on this side of the pandemic, uh, with what we've experienced, I would say we're still in the yellow, but we're on the bottom half of the yellow, I guess that would be kind of orangish, <laughs> but I'm colorblind. What do I know? <laughs> but, you know, if we take a look at ourselves, I'm like, okay, we're not in the red. You know, red, you're left with few options. It's hard to, to see a church become uh, green again, so to speak, once you hit the red. 
But I don't think we're there yet. I do think we have options. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how God uses those opportunities this year to, to move us forward in our mission. But that's where I think we are as a church. I think we're uh, in the yellow. Your God's been gracious to us. We've made it through the pandemic. We're still ministering in the city. Uh, but I do think some changes need to be made if we're going to be fruitful and begin to grow in more areas. So that means we need to... Uh, Consider the challenges that we have. And like I said, with God, challenges become opportunities. And thankfully, we have the opportunity to move forward with him this year. And I believe if we're willing to do that, uh, we come to God open handed and say, Lord, you know, whatever you want us to do, we'll do uh, to reach the next generation with the gospel. Uh, Then I think the minister of the Hill Baptist Church will be here for uh, many years to come. Which leads us to the question, well, where do we go from here? You know, what? What changes need to be made? And I'll tell you this, you know, the deacons and I have been meeting for several months talking about that, praying about that, thinking about that. Um, But we need your help in this process. And uh, we we're going to ask you over the next 21 days to join us in prayer and fasting for the Lord's direction and what God would have us to do. In the year and the years to come, you know, we're going to start the new year, which is great that we're meeting on January 1st, because starting tomorrow, we're going to go into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so when you came in, uh, hopefully you picked up one of these prayer guides. If you didn't get one when you came in, make sure you get one when you leave. You can also um, access this electronically through our website. And if you want one mailed to you, maybe you're watching online. If you want one mailed to you, you can contact the church office and Stephanie will mail one to you as well. But in this guide, you will see uh, an introduction to why we're doing this, uh, how to pray, how to fast. That may be something new for some of you. You may be thinking that you've never fasted before. What does that mean? Uh, There's an introduction to that in here. There's some instruction for what that can look like in here. And along with this guide, I'm also going to be spending the next uh, three weeks talking more about fasting, more about praying, and also more about this process and uh, and how God is leading. So that's that's forthcoming along with this guide. I'm also going to be meeting with the deacons throughout the month of January as we uh, consider to gain clarity for uh, the direction of our church. So I want you to join us in prayer and fasting over the next 21 days. And as you participate daily in this time of prayer and fasting, I want to I want you to I want you to be praying these two requests. Okay, the first request, I want kind of an overarching request. I want you to be praying as you walk through each day is this. Pray for the leadership of the church that God would give us clarity of direction. Okay, clarity of direction. And then the second request I want you to pray is pray that we as a church would just be open. That we'd be open to that direction, whatever that may be. So pray for clarity of direction and pray for openness. Uh, You know, we all need to come to the Lord with open hands. uh, Fully surrender to God. Asking the Lord, where would you have us go? What would you have us do? How can we... Be more effective in loving God, loving people, making disciples of Jesus Christ. How can we be more effective in reaching uh, the next generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ? 
So this morning, you know, we are facing some challenges, just like those in Haggai's day. They were facing challenges. Uh, the people of God always seem to face challenges, right? You individually may be facing some challenges. But the truth that we see all throughout Scripture is that with God, challenges become opportunities. Opportunities to trust the Lord, to bring about the change He wants to see in our lives, as well as through our lives, to the community that we're involved in. And so let's seek the Lord together and ask Him to help us become the people that He wants us to be. Let us pray. Father, we are coming to you today thankful for a new year. Lord, we are not what we once were, and we are grateful for that. That you have saved us. You have called us to yourself. You have transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your beloved Son. And not only that, you promised that you will complete what you've begun, which means that we are constantly in the process of changing. And your spirit is constantly at work bringing about that change. And we are so grateful that you're not done with us. Lord, as we move into this new year individually and as a church, Lord, help us to move into this year with open hands, open hearts, seeking your direction, your guidance, surrendering our will to yours. Because, Father, we want you to be glorified in this place. We know it may look different than it did in the past. But, Lord, if you're with us, if your spirit is in our midst, there's nothing to fear. But we can move forward by faith. Lord, I pray as we walk through these next 21 days that you would give us clarity of direction. And that you would open our hearts to be willing to go wherever you may lead. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.